Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us today. Docs in a Pod is brought to you by WellMed Medical Management. Our co-host today, Dr. Audrey Baria. Dr. Baria is an Associate Medical Director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been with WellMed for nearly six, going on seven years, and she's a provider at the WellMed at 9th Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Dr. Baria uh, has been really brought to medicine because of interest in her family and what she saw happening as she was growing up. She went to Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree, completed her residency in an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey, and she is board certified in family medicine, which she loves. In her other life, when she's not being a doctor, she is a photographer and likes hanging out with her family. And we uh, are going to talk today, Dr. Barry, about something that I'm sure patients bring up from time to time, and that is the whole question of gluten and whether they're allergic to it. Is it a problem? Where is it in food? Do you hear that from patients? Oh, absolutely, Ron. It's something that patients with all the ads and things on TV and newspapers and online social media, people are bombarded with, oh, should I be eating gluten or am I allergic? And those questions come up all the time. Well, we're delighted to bring on board uh, Diane Truly. She is a nurse practitioner at Wellman at Apaca in Florida. Could gluten be making you feel sick? We're going to talk about it. Uh, Truly, Diane Truly is a family nurse practitioner at the WellMed at Apopka, located in Apopka, Florida, earned her master's degree from the Chamberlain University College of Nursing in Chicago. Diane is board certified as an advanced practice registered nurse, a family nurse practitioner. And Diane Truly, we're so glad you could join us today on Docs in a Pod. I am happy to be here. Thank you. What led to your interest in becoming a nurse practitioner and first a registered nurse? I wanted to be a nurse practitioner from I was about five years old before anybody even knew what that was. And I just always had an interest in helping people live better and live healthy. I've always been interested and curious about how we can be healthier and and how we can educate the community to, to make the right decisions with eating and taking care of themselves. So wanted to do it my entire life. Wow, that's pretty cool. And then the whole question of uh, gluten, gluten allergies and celiac disease. First of all, what is celiac disease? So celiac disease is a hereditary autoimmune disease where eating gluten triggers an immune reaction that leads to an attack on the small intestine. Uh, For people with celiac disease, Uh, The gliadin, which is what's released, penetrates the intestinal lining, damages the small intestine, and creates inflammation. If it's left untreated, it can cause lots of medical problems and vitamin deficiency. And what would people who have it experience? What What are the symptoms? Bloating, abdominal pain, constipation, diarrhea, weight loss, you know. But that could be caused by a lot of other factors. How do you diagnose it? 
It could be. It could be. That's absolutely correct. There is a blood test for it, but the blood test is not 100% accurate. So the best way is a biopsy of the small intestine. A biopsy of the small intestines? Yes. How do you get in there? <laughs> With an endoscopy. Oh, okay. Um, that's, the, that's the easiest way. So you go down through the throat, into the stomach, into the small intestines? Go through the duodenum. Mm-hmm. Wow. And... Dr. Baria, is this something you see in many of your patients? Do you routinely run that blood test, for example? No, this is not. I mean, it's more common, but it's not one of the most common things like diabetes or hypertension. It's not up there as far as how many people are affected by this. And Diane, when someone presents uh, with some of the symptoms you've talked about, uh, would celiac disease be top of mind or you look for other reasons first? Honestly, celiac disease would be probably on the bottom of the list. I would be thinking of, you know, IBS, lactose intolerance, uh, different kinds of, you know, food aversions that they're having that's causing all these symptoms. I would think maybe stress can cause these symptoms, you know, infection. I, I wouldn't think celiac disease. We're going to talk more about this in a moment, but for people who may have just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barian. We're talking with nurse practitioner Diane Truly. By the way, all of our shows are available on podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. So, Diane, uh, after you go through all the other things it could be, and you suspect, for example, it's celiac disease, uh, you run a test, and, and the conclusion is it probably is celiac disease. But what role does gluten pe- play in that? Well, gluten causes the cascade of inflammation, and that inflammation can wreak havoc on the whole body, not just the intestine. So, you know, it's really important to get that diagnosis, and, and non-celiac uh, gluten sensitivity is is really a diagnosis of omission. So um, if they don't come back positive for the for the gluten, the antibody, then we're going to assume that this is a non-gluten issue. Huh. I see a lot of ads for gluten-free foods, uh, which a lot of people say, oh, man, that sounds healthy. I probably should do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that a gluten-free diet is for everyone. It's actually not as healthy as people think necessarily because it's not a complete well-rounded diet. You know, we get a bad rap because of gluten, but I mean, you do get lots of amino acids, minerals, vitamins, you know, phytochemicals, which are really good for the immune system and dietary fiber. So um, I don't think it's for everyone. I really think that people who are having all these symptoms and we can't pinpoint them, we should try to do a, a, a elimination diet where you take gluten out and see how well your body responds, but it's not for everyone. That's interesting. Uh, uh, Audrey, the elimination diet as a way to pinpoint what the problem is, they do the same thing with figuring out what you're allergic to. Absolutely, Ron. So one of the things that if, especially because gluten um, and celiac disease are so low down on the list of possibilities, Lactose intolerance is one of the first things that I think about and that we have the patient eliminate all dairy and you don't want to eliminate multiple things at the same time because then you won't know 
what you're allergic to. Right. So you want to start with one thing and eliminate that, try that for a week or two, see if that you're going to know pretty quickly. If it's a dairy lactose intolerance issue, minute you stop eating all the cheese and drinking milk and yogurt and everything, you're going to know that you feel 10 times better. And when you remove gluten from your diet, Diane, uh, how quickly mm-hmm. do some of those symptoms uh, dissipate, go away? That's a really good question. I think it all depends on, on the person, whether you have celiac disease or not, but it usually takes a few days with most people, maybe a little bit longer for you to start feeling um, some improvements in you know, the abdominal pain, maybe the diarrhea, um, energy levels, you know, um, the inflammation that it causes that can lead to you know, like joint pains and stuff like that. You might start to feel that improvement. Um, it's not instantaneous. It's not going to happen overnight. And do, um, do patients, uh, a lot of patients, I'm, I'm assuming, will self-treat before they come in and say, hey, I'm having this problem. So if they've got the constant diarrhea, they, they gobble down a whole bunch of Motrin uh, mm-hmm. or Imodium, hoping that the uh, diarrhea will go away. Right, exactly. Or they'll take Pepto-Bismol, which turns their stool black, and then they think they're having a bleed. The pink um, stuff. Yes, the pink stuff actually turns it black. And if you take Pepto-Bismol uh, on a frequent basis, what were you saying? There are side effects? Yeah, there are lots of side effects. I mean, you could have a, a malabsorption of vitamins, too, you know, from, from taking anything that's going to alter the way we digest our foods. What does Pepto-Bismol do, Audrey? I see the it's- ads. It lines your stomach in the ad. <laughs> yes. That's what it's really known for that and to cause the immune response to just calm down a little bit. I mean, it's not, it's a bandaid. It's not the cure. Interesting because uh, as a bandaid, it doesn't fix anything, but it, but it stops what is annoying and that's upset stomach and diarrhea. And so you, you, figure, like <laughs> you know, so you assume whatever the problem was, it's fixed. Right. Right. But right. it's not. But it's not. So with celiac disease, uh, Diane, is there medication? What, what is the treatment? Um, the treatment for celiac, I mean, usually the elimination of the gluten is the treatment. Um, during, you know, a really bad inflammatory response, you know, there's medications, antibiotics, there is uh, steroids. But really the cure is going gluten-free and allowing the intestinal lining to heal and allowing the body to start absorbing normally again like it's supposed to. So for those of us who don't really know, where is gluten and, and why is it there? Gluten is, well, a little backstory. Gluten is supposed to be in wheat and only wheat, but in recent years, gluten has been extracted from the wheat and put into lots of foods for protein, texture, and flavor. So it's in so many foods from ketchups to cans of soup, imitation meat, even ice cream. Um, so if you try to eliminate gluten from your diet, you really have to read the back of the containers because it's in so many foods, not just bread. So and, that's and, the biggest challenge. And would it be listed as gluten or is there another name for it as an ingredient? Yeah, it may not necessarily be listed as gluten. Um, it, it could be a derivative of wheat. It could be barley. It could be rye but those all contain gluten in it. Wow. So who knew it was in everything? 
I know, and they don't tell us. And it's a way to to create bulk and to make food cheaper. Interesting. And as you take a look at these kinds of, you mentioned early on that in diagnosing celiac disease, you might first hit on irritable bowel, for example. Mm-hmm. And what is that? I see the ads for that as well. Irritable bowel can either be diarrhea or constipation, but when it comes to gluten, it's usually a lot of diarrhea, mucusy diarrhea sometimes, maybe, maybe bloody diarrhea, but abdominal pain, bloating, and diarrhea is uh, historically what IBS is. But there are some people who do uh, get constipation, um, especially if they start treating themselves with a lot of Imodium, then they'll end up with constipation and then it goes back again to diarrhea. And then they reach for a, a stool softener and a laxative. Right, exactly. exactly. And then, then we start over. It goes back and forth. You're smiling. I can see, Dr. Barry, we <laughs> talk to each other through Zoom. Listeners don't see us. But when I mentioned that, you smiled because you must see <laughs> patients who bounce from a modium to a laxative. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we've noticed the most is that there's also, a, for IBS, a mixed component so that you can have just as Diane was saying, that you could start out with the diarrhea and then it could turn into constipation. And now they've also recognized it as being IBS that's constipation dominant versus diarrhea dominant. Um, And there is also the mixed component. Wow. Stay with us just a minute. Uh, I want to let folks uh, know you're listening to Docs in a Pod presented by Wilmet. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barry, and we're talking with nurse practitioner, Diane Truly. Happy to have you with us right here on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We are so pleased you are with us today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Audrey Barry, and we're talking on our Docs in a Pod hotline from Apopka, Florida, with Diane Truly, nurse practitioner. I want to wish a warm welcome to the newest Texas clinics to join the growing WellMed family. WellMed at Colleyville in Colleyville, Texas. WellMed at Town Center in Manfield, Texas. And WellMed at Fairmount Park in LaPorte, Texas. These clinics join WellMed's network of more than 16,000 doctor's offices in Texas and Florida. And in one of those offices in Florida, and we're talking with nurse practitioner, Diane Truly, WellMed at Popka, and we're happy to have her with us. So as we talk about celiac disease and gluten, uh, can you share, for example, uh, some client experiences that you have witnessed? Absolutely. Um, I have had many patients who come in with IBS uh, talk about like the causes, you know, trying to uh, do the elimination diet where you eliminate one thing at a time. But I've also had patients who not only just have IBS, but have joint pain, have skin issues like eczema. And I sit with them and I say, you know, let's try an elimination diet for that, even though you're not thinking 
um, you know, celiac disease or, or anything like that. And what I've seen is that patients who eliminate gluten from their diet, this one patient specifically is a 40 something year old female that was having a lot of joint pain that was unexplained. Uh, she thought she was having an autoimmune disease. She wanted to be tested for RA um, and everything came back negative. And I said, let's eliminate gluten from the diet and let's see what happens. So I explained how to read the backs of the, the you know, food ingredients and to eliminate gluten and just try that for two weeks and come on back and let's see how you're doing. And when she came back, she said her joint pain had significantly decreased. So that's a clear indicator that gluten does cause a lot of inflammation in the body that can lead to lots of different things like fibromyalgia, which is a poorly understood pain that people are, are have experienced in their body. So, in fact, um, for, you know, for the longest time, I've been doing shows like this for a lot of years. People who ultimately are diagnosed with fibromyalgia uh, will tell you that nobody believes them, that nobody mm-hmm. could diagnose the problem. Absolutely. It's considered like phantom pain. Right. And it is a diagnosis of exclusion. Like you want to make sure right. that you've ruled out everything else before you mm-hmm. label somebody with fibromyalgia. And if I understand you correctly, Diane, uh, gluten can lead to inflammation of the joints? Yes, it can. It can. Because of all the inflammation that it stirs up in the gut, it reduces, you know, the, the body's immune response, which can go into the joints and create inflammation, pain, sometimes swelling. Um, reducing gluten definitely does decrease that inflammatory response, calms the body's immune system, and people really do say they feel a lot better. That's why that woman thought that she might have had RA rheumatoid arthritis. Exactly, exactly, from the joint pain. And she, she was really share another about patient, Share another patient case study with us. Sure, absolutely. I had an older gentleman uh, that came in and uh, took quite a bit of medications, um, had, you know, a lot of brain fog. He was getting migraines. Um, you know, he had a lot of fatigue. And so we were thinking, is this side effect of medications, which was what his number one concern was. And after um, excluding everything and testing um, to see if there was something else going on, if there's a autoimmune disease that might be, you know, being stirred. Um, we discussed how about we eliminate gluten from the diet and see if that improves your headaches and brain fog and gives you more energy. And sure enough, he came back and said he had not had one migraine after going to two weeks of being gluten-free like we had discussed. So there again, clear indicator that gluten is wreaking havoc on the body. And so folks who are listening to us, Uh, might say, you know, I don't need to go to my doctor. I'll just eliminate gluten. Nope, can't do that because it's it's really a diagnosis of exclusion when you talk about non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So it's very important that patients follow up with their providers, get the necessary testing so that we can decide, is this simply a gluten intolerance or is this some other disease process that's brewing? I want to figure out, uh, Dr. Barrio, I'm not familiar with non-celiac uh, gluten problems, uh, what are the problems that might be caused by the gluten that don't have anything to do with celiac disease? It could just be that the person is allergic to the wheat or the barley or the rye, which has gluten. So it might not just be gluten in general it, that's huh. in everything. It could just be something that is very specific. 
Um, so green, maybe they have a green allergy, which, you know, gluten's going to be in the grain. Is this something we see only in adults, uh, Diane, or can children as well experience celiac disease? Oh, children definitely can experience it. Celiac, celiac doesn't care how old you are. It can affect anyone. Um, it is hereditary generally. So if, you know, if your family, if it's in your family, definitely be on the lookout for that, especially as a provider to ask the necessary questions about family history. Um, but no, definitely children can experience it and they may not have all the upset stomachs and GI symptoms. It could come out as, you know, eczema, allergies, asthma, you know, it could come out in other ways because of all the inflammation that it creates. Eczema meaning a skin rash? Yes, meaning a skin rash that's generally hereditary. However, it's an autoimmune disease and increased inflammatory responses can trigger autoimmune diseases. Wow. So you're like a detective when you go through these diagnoses. <laughs> the Sherlock Holmes of celiac <laughs> Absolutely. I find it very interesting. And Dr. Barrio, when, when you think about celiac disease, uh, we've agreed it isn't top of mind for uh, the instant diagnosis of a patient. Uh, how often have you seen it in your practice? I think right now, currently, I only have one person who's truly been diagnosed with a small intestinal biopsy and a blood test. I mean, he had the blood test first, but they were going to do an endoscopy on him anyway, so they took the biopsy of the small intestine, and it was proven that he truly has celiac disease. So that's one out of several hundred patients. Yes, yes. Interesting. And you had mentioned when we started talking, Diane, uh, that your mm -hmm. interest in uh, becoming a nurse practitioner began really from a very young age, uh, wanting to help people get healthy, stay healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. Nutrition becomes a large part of that. Uh, are, are you, when you first see your patients, uh, do you kind of talk with them about what is your diet? What are you eating? What are the foods that uh, you're consuming? Yes, diet. I'm very passionate about diet and eating healthy. So I actually, when I do blood work and I see any abnormalities, I will ask them, tell me about your normal daily diet. What did you eat for breakfast? What did you eat for dinner? And then I will discuss with them what's in it, what foods are not good for them, what foods are causing increased blood sugars or increased cholesterols. And I do like to print out different diets that I've created. And it, it's not specifically what I've created. It's, you know, just diets for kidney disease or diabetes or hypertension um, that really tells you if you eat healthy and clean and, you know, eliminate or modify certain things in your diet, you can live very healthy lives. So, yes, and, diet's very important. And, of course, a lot of patients, I'm sure it's true in Florida where you are and everywhere else, soften struggle with obesity. Uh, can you help them with that through nutrition? Definitely. Definitely. I will sit and speak with them. Um, one thing a gluten-free diet has shown is that it increases its weight loss because you're decreasing all the carbohydrates. Carbohydrates convert to glucose in the blood. It causes insulin resistance, which can lead to diabetes and causes increased glucose. Again, that can lead to diabetes. So I discuss that with them all the time, not necessarily saying, you know, gluten-free diet, but decreasing carbohydrates from their diet, rice, potatoes, uh, pasta, and bread. Uh, those are the culprits that, you know, if you eliminate them, it can really help, especially since America, um, our diets are not the best, and we have really um, high percentages of people with obesity. And Dr. Baria, in, in your own case, I'm sure uh, you talk with patients about diet as well. Absolutely. 
Um, and I do try to emphasize moderation because what I found is the minute you tell somebody to completely take something out of their diet, that's the first thing that they're going to go home and reach for because nobody likes to hear the fact that they shouldn't be eating it at all. So I always try mm -hmm. to emphasize moderation that, you know, once a week instead of every single day might be a better option so that you can at least feel like you're getting the taste or the texture of whatever you're missing. So instead of three, three bean tacos for breakfast, maybe one. <laughs> exactly. We, and, and Diane, we've got less than a minute left for, uh, uh, sure. for those who are listening. What would be your best advice on uh, being aware of gluten sensitivity and celiac disease? And this is National Celiac Awareness Month, so it's appropriate to talk about it. What I like to tell people is to create a food diary if they're having symptoms and they're not quite sure where it's coming from. And I tell people, please pay attention to the back of the labels of foods because gluten is hidden in so many things that it does not belong in. And so very important to read the back of the labels, understand your nutrition, and understand how foods affect the body. Perfect. Diane, truly, thank you so much. Nurse practitioner in Apopka, Florida, and we're so pleased to have you with us. Thank you to our co-host, Audrey Barria. And thanks for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Remember, podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron. <laughs>